Coming up on today's show, I have a non-Disney trip report as well as Disney news. This coming up on Traveling with the Mouse. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 321. I am your host for this week. My name is John, and I am joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Adam. What's up, everybody? And Jason. It's episode 321. We're counting down. Three, two, one. Liftoff. We're going to space. We're Jeff Bezos. Oh, Oh. wait. No, we're not. (laughs) <laughs> we're going to space 220. Oh, wait, we're still not that That's either. what we meant to say. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a little premature as well. Hmm. Nothing worse than a premature launch. Um, yeah. Oh, boy. Well, especially their spacecraft, because have you seen it? See what it looks like? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. Yes, I've seen the jokes. <laughs> Let's put yeah. it that way. <laughs> well, we, we awesome. definitely got to see multiple billionaires go into space over the last few weeks. Um, I think that's also the market Disney is targeting for their fake trips to space at this point with what they're trying ah. to charge for everything. Yes. Reminds me of the old Muppet Show segment, the billionaires in space. No. Do they have billionaires in space? <laughs> oh, it was pigs <laughs> in space. So same thing. Right, right, right. Pig, pigs <gasps> in space. Yeah, yeah. Just kidding. Let's keep the the gloves up. Yeah. I I will tell you this before we dive in. Something that I have observed is we've mentioned this. Adam, you've mentioned that you've got a lot of friends that are like wanting to go to Disney for the first time. Yeah. I feel like everybody I work with or run into is like, you know, I haven't been to Disney in 10 years, but I'm thinking about going in the next year. I don't know what it was about COVID, but people want to go and I I have to tell them and I have to say... You do know that it's going to be the 50th anniversary. They're like, oh, okay. And and I have to explain to them just how complicated this is going to be. But yeah. I don't know. I feel like Disney is going to get away with all these price increases and price changes. Because these yep. first-timers have no idea what they're missing out on. They're not going to realize they're missing the Fast Pass. They're not going to realize that it wasn't paid whenever that actually becomes a thing. And... They're going to pay the whatever bazillion dollars these Moana rooms are going to cost. So yep. it sure seems that way. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, for at least for a time period, there's going to be people who are just like paying whatever because they don't know that it was less or that they're stripping away certain benefits you used to get or you're not getting what you used to get for your money. Well, think of it this way. As you mentioned, someone who hasn't been in 10 years, okay, so they (laughs) are okay with dropping a lot of money on a one trip if they're not going to go that often, right? So, Yeah. Well, let's also remember the people who survived the pandemic without losing a job or having any other kind of difficulties. They haven't gone anywhere in a year and a half, so they probably have money saved up to just splurge on a Disney trip, you know, something... There is that group of people out there that... But what I'm really sad about is I'm really worried that all these folks are not going to have a very good time. Right. It could prove to be bad for their potential repeat experience. (laughs) Yeah. Customer satisfaction, yeah. That's going to be a hard one to keep keep high, I think, 
you know, I know we've talked a lot of gloom and doom, it seems like, recently when it comes to Disney, but um, yeah. I don't know. They always seem to rise to the top, so. Yeah. I'm hoping my trip this weekend will re-spark some joy or magic because I'm hoping on a walk-up list for California Grill or Ohana or Citricos or Narcoosies at this point, any of those four. <laughs> so. Yeah. I'm hoping or if you for something. Skipper Canteen, or which know. I do have, by the way, I was actually able to get a reservation for Skipper Canteen. Well, what I was going to say is, it's still a bit of a hidden gem, I guess. There, right? Something there's there's some restaurants that are just not. It's not known yeah. that the, how good they are. So something weird so. happened, by the way, with Skipper Canteen. Since we're on that, all of a sudden, for every day of this trip, which is only a weekend trip coming up. It was. It just showed up one day, available for like five or six different times for the whole three days. So it's almost like they just pushed out a whole bunch of. Did they just increase capacity at That's Skipper Canteen? I don't know. I mean, it was pretty spread out when we were there. I'm wondering if they're putting more tables back in or something. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, it just showed up, and that's how I was able to get two reservations for four at the exact same time. So it was kind of strange that. I was able to do that because it wasn't available at all until one day it was just there and it was a ton of them. So strange, Mm. right? I don't know. Very strange. Yeah. I don't know. All right. So let's discuss the world of Disney. All right. Even though we kind of of already are. Mm Mm-hmm. So let's just start with Shades of Green, eligible for early theme park Mm -hmm. entry starting October the 1st. For those of you that don't know, Shades of Green is the now military guest resort once upon a time was the golf resort at walt disney yeah. world it's been a couple of different things over the years yeah the disney inn at one time yeah but uh, yeah having early theme park entry starting october 1st that'll be good for the military families that are going to be able to stay so that would be are they just doing nice. the same as they're doing for the other uh, resorts as well which is the 30 minutes yeah pretty much so i don't think they were ever included before what about evening Maybe ones, though, for that one? Are they going to have the uh, evening ones? I don't know. I don't see that. Because I saw that Swan Dolphin is going to get morning and evening. Oh, they're going to give. They're going to lump them in with the deluxes. Yes, they are. They are considered Swan and Dolphin. Resorts. It's not. Those are not deluxe resorts. That's how they're categorized, though. But they're they categorized. Hmm. Well, partially due to location. Well, by Disney well, standard, they're double beds should not be a deluxe resort. That actually, once upon a time, was a Disney standard. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, that's true. So People are bigger now. Let's talk about those early hours. I think we mentioned them in the show in the past, but 30 yeah, minutes. Yeah. Are they just going to change their opening procedures? Because right now it opens 30 minutes early anyways, to where you're going to have to be a resort guest to get in, and how are they going to filter? It, it just seems messy for only 30 minutes. Right. Uh, yeah. To do early Basically, it gets you on the rope at Slinky Dog before anybody else. That's kind of the thing, right? I mean, our Seven Doors Mine Train or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, before when there was early magic hours, you usually had at least one hour. And so, like, people who aren't at the resort are going to be showing up 30 minutes early. Yeah. Um, They're going to have to be scanning for a resort, like, your, your mag- like someone with an iPad scanning, like they do. For the like they used to do to let you in, they'll let you in the park, but they won't let you on anything unless you or something like that. I don't know. 
What did they do? They would stand at the, like at Animal Kingdom, they would stand at the Oasis and... Yeah, just past, they, they veer you left, you were just past the trap styles, and you would scan yeah. one member of your party and say how many were in your right. party. Yeah. And so you'd have to scan to show that you have a resort booked. So I imagine that's what they'll be doing. Do mm. they have the staffing for that? For the 50th, I bet they will. I bet they'll have the I staffing. Guess, yeah. By October, by the time, I guess. By the time the it comes around. Yeah. This might have a little something to do with that because Disney confirms the Lake Nona campus relocating 2,000 jobs. Yes. There has been so some can, uproar about that. Yes. But it's been at the subject of a little bit of debate. They have confirmed that they're moving approximately 2,000 jobs from California to Lake Nona campus, not far from Orlando. Right. It was first reported back in January and is going to take place over the next year and a half when they they plan on doing it. The 2,000 positions represent less than 5% of the total jobs in California, so the size and specific side of the campus have not really been confirmed. But it's supposedly a lot of imagineering, correct? I hope so. Yeah, that's kind of what they're thinking. <laughs> I really hope putting, so. They're probably, truthfully, they're probably putting this in place at the possibility that they feel like they might be better served business-wise to move out of California. <laughs> yeah, I think that's part, I mean, a lot I, of it. Yeah, I think they're just putting themselves in position in case they feel like they need to do that just for a business decision. I mean, it yeah, is cost-cutting. I, I think there's Imagineers, good ones they're going to lose, but I think it's obvious that current leadership doesn't seem to care about that. No. But I also think they'll they'll attract potentially new folks in Florida, but I am kind of worried about the brain drain that just continues to happen out of Imagineering and the impact we're going to feel from that long after Chapek is done gutting this company. Well, see, right. I, I don't know. I kind of think feel like if you're an Imagineer, I don't, I don't think most of them would really give up that sort of a job. I think they would probably uproot and move coast to coast for uh, something like that if it was what was asked of them. I don't know. How many, how many so, people do you know that live in California, Jen? I really don't know that many. <laughs> so I've lived in California briefly for internships I've visited. If there's something that you know about people who learn, live in California, they love living in California. There's a reason that they pay the extravagant sums of money it takes to live there. The weather is beautiful. They love it. They think it's, and, and I think there is a non-negligible amount of people that will not move um, yeah. when they're told to. And, and Imagineers are eminently employable at other places, I believe. Probably. You know what I hope, though, is that they move the Imagineers responsible for Toy Story Land out here so they can experience it themselves, just how hot it is. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they'll add some more shade. So you should have to go through this before you make decisions like this again right. in the future, guys. You should actually have to visit Florida before you actually design something for Florida. <laughs> because that was that was an oversight, I think. Parts of it, yeah. anyway. Well, I don't want to really get into it just yet, but I thought I would mention right here that Diet Epcot is over. Mm-hmm. Food and Wine has returned in July. Yeah. So. yeah. It gets earlier it, every year. Are the Halloween decorations up yet? <laughs> yeah. They're about to be. I think they it's have almost them. August. They have the box open. Yeah, <laughs> August is Halloween season, you guys. I always put yeah. my pumpkins out starting August first. So 
there's a part of me that thinks, and maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just because people love it so much. But wouldn't <clears throat> if if the festivals are going on all the time, is it going to be? Is there going to be anything special about them that people are going to want to go to at that point if they just constantly I mean, have it all the time? Diet Epcot's nice because it's low crowds. But think about what all is not even open in World Showcase right now. Without the festivals, it's yeah fairly barren. Yeah, it's the construction land for the most part, especially the entry area, because you have to do so many kick turnbacks just to get to any rides. Uh, it's it's kind of a pain to get around. Well, I guess my thinking on that was once upon a time, you know, it was a big draw to come in the fall to go to Food and Wine. But if it's happening for, I don't know, six months, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's an exaggeration. Well, People are going to be like, okay, well, I can I have plenty of time to do this. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? I don't have to plan my trip around this. For one, there are a lot of booths that are going to open October because it's, it's only like half or a little more than half of the festival booths are open right now and the rest will open. They're just unpacking it slowly. Yeah, that's kind of how they did last year. And I think the Flower and Garden Festival did the same thing. It started early, but they sort of slowly rolled out the offerings as time went on. Did you see this, though, that they have this rotunda bistro that in in the they have tables set up in the american adventure rotunda where the voices of liberty used to sing there's just like tables there now where people oh, can stand stand around yeah it's nice. kind of a it looks sad yeah, it's just let's... tables set up for people to stand and eat where the uh, voices of liberty used to sing so i think we've anyway. done this already but I just want to remind everybody in case they missed it in one of our earlier 320 episodes. Quick rankings from top to bottom, best to worst festival. Uh, for me, number one is food and wine, just because the food is the best. Number two, okay. yeah. fast follow would be Festival of the Arts. Number three for me would be the Flower and Garden. And the, at, at the very bottom would be Festival of the Holidays. Yeah. What's the shortest one, too? Just the fact that you can actually rank the festivals suggests that there are too many festivals. Well, there's at least four, right? Four, one for yeah, each season. One for every season. One for every quarter of the year, basically. I wish Festival of the Arts was longer. Yeah, I agree. I, I do love touring the galleries, the art galleries, and seeing different things like that around it. Flower and Garden, I'm not like a green thumb kind of guy so i don't really care as much about the plants or topiaries but i like looking at them but i was just sitting here thinking it should be renamed fcot the experimental festival community of tomorrow <laughs> fcot yes well sure <laughs> might have some other confusion <laughs> around that but <laughs> i mean you know you can draw your own conclusions in some cases so yeah um, so the wave is now offering breakfast. I know we mentioned that, so I yeah. guess it's, it's, it's full on now. The California grill. Uh, so some, some people, yeah. And California grill. Uh, so it looks like oh, people yeah. are enjoying that because yeah. they get to have breakfast with a view. Yeah. So will be nice. Are you, are you going to be trying this? I have a reservation, but I have a feeling I may not make it there. <laughs> well, why is that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do you think you'll at least just go and park and check, maybe see if you can figure out how to get there? 
Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll, I think I know how to get to California Grill, so I should be able to find it. <laughs> I was going to say, you should know how to get there. <laughs> should be very familiar yeah. with that. I don't think you're going to experience a three-hour breakfast, but... Right. You no. Know. Well, it, it, it's a good place to do a three-hour breakfast if you get the bottomless mimosas. Just saying. Okay, so I just came across um, this update that says Star Wars Rise of the Resistance boarding groups are included in VIP tours once again at Walt Disney World. This was five days ago. Okay. So we we had this as a story that we cut out of the episode because we were going to report on it. And then after we recorded, they backtracked and now they're backtracking again. So who knows? Maybe this story will be in the episode or not. But Homer, hopefully you get to take people on Rise of the Resistance. I was going to say, so in other words, if you're going a VIP tour, there's like a 50-50 chance you're going to get to Rise, Rise, Ride, Rise. Yeah. So Just pull a boarding uh, group as a backup in case you don't, in case yeah. they change their mind. If you're in Disneyland getting a VIP tour, it includes Rise, or you can also get Web Slingers. But not both. You can do both. You oh, could, you can. You could, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's good. Hmm. All right. So you guys have seen, of course, we talked about the uh, Epcot monorail yeah, and how it's, it's now in full swing. I don't. Well, we didn't mention that last week because it wasn't happening yet. It no. happened this past Sunday. Sunday mm-hmm. that it was up and running. Uh, which, as of the recording of this, it was not running on this day for whatever reason that we do not know at this moment. Yeah. But what I was going to mention regarding that is there's a new sign installed at the Epcot, uh, at the Transportation and Ticket Center uh, station. Yeah. They have kind of a gold-looking trim to it, I guess. It's like a gold monorail track, (laughs) I guess. Yeah, kind of. Probably gold... Because 50th is the golden anniversary, right? Maybe that's what this is in regards to. It's probably just going to be for the 50th. Maybe. One thing I have noticed that I want to point out that kudos to Disney for pressure washing the entire monorail, like every beam. They've cleaned all of them, so. Yeah, they, they do take care of stuff occasionally. Yeah, well, it took probably, they probably haven't pressure washed them at all in like at least 30 years probably, but. At least they did it for the 50th, and it looks good. So, That's And, good. well, also speaking of this, so that means that people, uh, we got to see a peek behind the wall, so to speak, at the Epcot construction, which didn't really reveal a lot. A lot of exposed dirt, buildings missing, and basically porta potty in Tent City was pretty much all you could really see. Right. Yeah. A lot of construction yeah it was like two rows of porta bodies like you said yeah it looked like the aftermath yeah. of woodstock <laughs> something like that it looks uh rough yeah that inside yeah. part which maybe that was part of the reason why they hadn't closed so long because it looked even worse a few months ago who knows all right, so in a way, we we can make a transition here. So mm-hmm. the uh, Transportation and Ticket Center is where you get on the Epcot Monorail line. Yeah. There's something else that goes out of the Transportation and Ticket Center, and those are ferry boats. What? And Never one heard. of them crashed. We can't. We don't really know exactly what it crashed into at this point. I have not seen any updates on that. But at approximately 9.41 a.m., the... Orange County Sheriff's Office had to respond to what was labeled as a marine crash. <laughs> right. I I think I saw that it hit the 
loading dock area. Like it, it hit it, and a couple of people got injured. That were well, on. Well, see, it. this is what I thought was kind of interesting about this because it just hitting the dock. I wouldn't think would be that big a deal unless it was at a higher rate of speed. Yeah. And the reason why I say this is because back when we were on our honeymoon trip, we were riding the monorail, and the monorail had stopped for a long period of time for whatever reason. So I just told Lynn, I was like, well, why don't we just get off here at the transportation and ticket center and go to the ferry? So we go to get in line for the ferry and it starts having a delay because of something similar. I heard it run into the side of the dock. So what I'm thinking is if it was just the dock, yeah. it must've been at a higher rate of speed than the time we experienced it <laughs> because so. we were still able to ride the same ferry. Uh, they just took a moment for them to get, themselves together i guess and whatever it is they needed to do but interesting it was the only it was the only boat that was taken out of commission at this point so it wasn't well, another the boat ferries out, they can just run the rafts out down the rivers of america bring them back out and just <laughs> take people out on the rafts sure we could use the uh, electric water pageant boats and carry a few people yeah well, the last I've seen concerning this, they, they've they only witnessed the Admiral Joe Fowler and the Richard F. Irvine still sailing at this point. So yeah. whatever it is, it took some repairs. So yeah. So do we want to see what the hours are for uh, Magic Kingdom and Epcot that's been released for September the 26th through October the 2nd? Cool. They've actually released new hours there. Magic Kingdom is mostly 9 to 9. Close at 8 on September the 30th. There are no boobash events at Magic Kingdom the week of October the 1st, which is interesting. Which is good. Epcot is scheduled to do still the 11 to 9. Okay, so what do we think about that? 11 to 9. They're staying with the 11 o'clock Epcot thing for now, which I think a lot of people like. Yeah, it seems that's fine. Be. I'm okay with that. Yeah, and so Hollywood Studios, um, they have been scheduled or scheduled to open at 9 a.m. and close at 9 p.m. most days on September 29th. It'll close at 8. Animal Kingdom is scheduled to be open at 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Oh, Lord. Yeah. What, what is what this? Do you say? <laughs> okay. Why do you say just, that? Because it's getting dark earlier at that point. It's getting dark earlier, but still, I don't know why they are so resistant on extending the hours back out. Why? Because, right, uh, what would what would we want? We would want Epcot 11 to 11. I would expect Magic Kingdom 8 a.m. to midnight, minimum. I would expect well, Animal Kingdom... Even if we're... The, the 50th anniversary, come on. Leave it open. I would expect Animal Kingdom 7 a.m. to 8 or 9 p.m. And I would expect Hollywood Studios, sure, 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. That sounds fine. Like, these are the hours that we should be seeing at that time. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, you know, once upon a time, Animal Kingdom was 8 to (laughs) 5. Yeah, but they, they they have more stuff to do at night. I mean, obviously... You have Pandora. Mm-hmm. How much does it cost to leave Animal Kingdom open and just let people continue to eat and drink there? I feel like it's a net profit. I think it's just staffing. Can they just not get the cast members back fast enough? That's probably it, mostly. Possibly. That's possible. I don't know what they're having to work out hour-wise, but yeah. So on that notice, the hours have also been extended at all four parks throughout the summer. You ready to hear those? Yeah. 
Starting in August, right? Because it's not. Yeah, starting in August. Magic Kingdom will be a 9 to 10 instead of a 9 to 9. So they get an extra hour. Epcot will also close at 10 instead of 9. So it's open 11 to 10. That's a little closer to what you were asking for, Jason. Close. And um, Hollywood Studios will be 9. It will be closing at 9 p.m. instead of 8 p.m. So that would be different. And Animal Kingdoms, Animal Kingdoms, the 8 a.m. and close at 8 p.m. from July 26th through the 30th. And 7 p.m. from August to September the 25th. So that's getting closer. The main thing that I would have liked to see differently is Magic Kingdom should be open to midnight. Yeah, should be. Why isn't that open to midnight? And we should have some rare days where it's open to 1 a.m. Yeah, the 50th, they should do that. But I think they're just trying to give people the boobash events as like, oh, if you want to be lower crowds or whatever. Pay more. And where, are the, where are the 1 a.m. nights? Why is Epcot not open till at le- 11 p.m.? Not doing it. They're not going to do it. Dahlia Lounge still staying open till midnight? Have they extended the hours there? I don't know. I haven't seen anything on that. Don't see anything open, they reported. Were, they were one of the latest open lounges when we were there before. Another reason why Coronado is great is that the Dahlia Lounge doesn't... Yeah, the Dahlia Lounge today, as we record this, is open to midnight. Whereas, like, let's say the Enchanted Rose at their supposed flagship resort, right? Yeah. Closes at, like, 9 or something. Enchanted Rose, the day that we're recording this, closed at 11. Oh, all right. That's not bad. But but still, still, like, the fact that that one closes at midnight... I think when we were there, 11 wasn't even when it closed. It closed at like 9 or 10. Yeah, it was much earlier, yeah. It was. All right, so I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing the way they have this uh, now, what they call the front of the Polynesian now. Hmm. Is it Port Cocheri? I'm not really sure. Basically, we're not going to be able to pronounce it because I don't don't know. (laughs) I'm not really sure. Let's see. It will not be completed by the resort's reopening as they're calling it in a few days i think that's yeah. now so it's it's yeah. nearing completion yeah it's Didn't open it? people yeah. have stayed in the oh, it's open rooms now. now that's right yeah. well the moana rooms have they yeah oh yeah that was just today wasn't it okay that's yeah. right uh treasure sam's reopened the 19th <laughs> yeah the as 19th is when all this happened yeah yeah, so did you see the line for Trader Sam's? It was five hours, supposedly. <sighs> I did. I was like, I'm definitely not going to be going there anytime soon. So They would just bring back Fast Pass. Oh, wait. No, it wouldn't work over there. <laughs> yeah. Five hours for Trader Sam's? That's less than we waited for the people movement. That's true. So it is... <laughs> I guess you're right. <laughs> so this is a sign that they should introduce boarding groups at Trader Sam's, right? Yeah. Get up at 7 a.m. You got to pull your Rise and your Trader Sands boarding groups together. Yeah. So good luck getting you both know, of them. What I'm just ready for Disney to do, they're trying to make it so bad that what I want is just to wake up, open up my Disney Genie app, and it just tells me what I'm going to do that day. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, today you get to go to, and I open it up, and it says, yeah. You're slated to go to Muppet Vision 3D. Yep. And, <laughs> and Alien Throwing Saucers <laughs> and Star Tours. Those are your, that's what you're doing today. You and 90% of the, everybody else going to Hollywood City. Oh, going wow. to Magic Kingdom, you get to ride Dumbo, Teacups, and Speedway. In oh, that order. Wow. Thanks, Jeannie. 
Sticking with the Polynesian theme, mm-hmm. new offering of rentable seating area at the lava pool. Yeah. I guess it's already there. There is currently only one seating area available to rent. The rental cost is $75, and the area will be reserved from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Hmm. Not bad. Is it $75 an hour or total? It says $75 is the rental cost, so I don't know what that's that means. That's not bad at all. That's, if that's for the whole day, even though you don't get a cabana. That's not it bad. It says though. the area will be reserved, so what does... I'm wondering if that means... I don't understand that. Your two chairs and two umbrellas? I, I guess. That's what it looked like in the picture, but... If it's the whole time, that is a little bit on the cheap side for that. For Disney, yeah. But you don't get a <laughs> cabana. You probably don't get food. You probably don't get anything except a chair. Right. Well, as I was, that's, that's what I was saying. As I was explaining, I was like, I think this is just stuff that's already there, and now they're charging for it. That's what, <laughs> that's what it sounds it like. like. <laughs> and that's what it looks like, too. Right. You can't. <laughs> that's just... exactly what it, I mean, because I was like, I swear oh, I've seen I, all this stuff I'm there. I'm sorry. Already. Did you pay the, the deep end <laughs> fee? I mean, you're going to have to, you're going to have to pay the slide upcharge if you want to use yeah. the slide. Yeah, you're going to need an e ticket for the slide. They're going right. to go back to ticket books. So, guys, if you thought that it was okay to use COVID relief funds to pay for things personal, then it's it's not a good idea. Former NASA executive used his COVID relief funds to pay off Disney Vacation Club balance. He's been sentenced to 18 months in prison. What COVID relief funds did he get? Okay, so Andrew Tesna is his name, received the PPP and um, Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program funds intended for COVID-19 relief in the amounts over $350,000. The businesses for which he applied for the loans do not exist, and since pleading guilty, he has lost his position at NASA. He's also been sentenced to 18 months in prison and will be required to pay back $285,000. So apparently, fifth, uh, what is it, uh, seventy-five grand there, I guess, that he... Am I, am I, 65 grand. No, 65 grand, yeah. 65 grand there, um, he'll be able to keep for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why that would be. Or maybe he's already spent that amount. I don't know. Well, I, maybe um, the judge got to, to keep the DVC, and he's like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll knock 65K off. Uh, it could have been. All right, he and his wife, uh, Tiffany, listed as owners on, on a variety of DVC contracts dating back to 2011, totaling 2,376 points. Oh, Me of the con- Moses. <laughs> yes. Many of the contracts were later sold, leaving them with 2021 holdings of 225 points at the Animal Kingdom Villas and 250 points at Disney's Riviera Resort. Wow. Wait, so they had 2,376 points total at one point. That's what it says. So those are the people that can actually book the, 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 what do you want to call them? The big rooms at the Poly. They can actually (laughs) book those. Bungalows. Yeah. The bungalows. so this explains another reason why there's people that are able to afford and go to Disney is fraudulent PPP loans, which I know those exist. Yeah. <laughs> a lot right. of those exist. And the world that I work in, I have seen plenty of those. No, oh, I'm sure, yeah. How they managed to get them, I still do not know. But when it comes time to prove it, guess what? They have no way of proving it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Think long term. Anyway, so I'm I'm still amazed. How did he get... Enough to get three hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth is beyond me. I've I've seen some sizable ones, but nothing in that range. I mean, you can but, you can. Yeah, you it can depends on the size of your business, right? I'm just trying to figure out how he got whatever it was they required. Well, if it's fraudulent, to fake that for, to fake it for that much <laughs> money, I know. you know what I mean. 
Well, if it's for fraudulent, yeah, I've got a gigantic company. <laughs> sure, it's huge. Go big or go home. We really need but it. But it, yeah. it can't be too big. Right, because it was for right. small businesses. So, Yeah, well, I mean, right, we're a saying. huge small business, but we really need the money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, he had a lot of employees. Let's see. We don't need to talk about the Skyliner experiencing downtime because we already know about that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Skyliner's the new monorail. Uh, I didn't hear that. <laughs> Just don't don't remind Chapik that the Skyliners and monorail are currently free options, and the buses we're going to start charging for that too. They're going to charge for the Magical Express at least. Yeah, that's just the tip but, of the iceberg. Okay, I got to mention this. They said new Moana Dole Whip cone available for a limited time at Disney's Polynesian Resort. So apparently, it's supposed to be themed to Tamatoa. Did you guys see this? No. I didn't see that one, no. Was a okay, like, so basically it is like... Is it a drab little crab? It looks nothing like a crab. <laughs> okay. That's the thing. Is it shiny? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. It's not even shiny. <laughs> okay. The Dole Whip is... It says it's Tomatoa inspired a dipped cone. I don't know if you want to look at it right quick just to see. It's coated with gold sugar, so I guess that's the shiny part. Maybe that makes sense. It's shiny. But basically it's like a... A Dole Whip in a cup, and it has purple, I guess, colored Dole Whip. I don't know what it is, mixed with the the pineapple Dole Whip. They had those left over um, from the Raya and the Last Dragon ones that they were selling. <laughs> possibly. I don't know. So it's basically purple and yellow are the colors, which kind of fits, I guess, Tomatoa's colors some, somewhat. But then they just basically stick a cone on the top of it. Uh, and, of course, they do the sprinkled, uh, what is it? The, gold whatever, dust. the gold sugar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, the gold Sorry. dust. Okay, it says it, the way it says it, it's the Dole Whip Raspberry Swirled, which I guess they probably had from Raya still, like you, like you said, with Dole Whip mm-hmm. Orange in a white chocolate dipped waffle cone coated with the gold sugar. But I was like, I don't really get. I guess it's kind of could be like Tamatoa, but I I think it's stretching as far as the design goes. They were just trying to find some way to use that up. I guess I don't know. Where's the bioluminescent algae? <laughs> they need that on there. Yes. Algae sauce. Uh, you know, that's one of my favorite scenes in like any Disney movie, pretty much. That's the Tomatoa <laughs> scene. Was, yeah, you like to sing that it, song. It, yes. It's, it's, it's up there. <laughs> Disney After Hours Boo Bash is sold out in October, in case you wanted to uh, try to go to that. So that's not helping the case of bringing back uh, Mickey's Not So Scary. So seeing how they're selling out Boobash, right? Has to be done by people that don't understand the value of the Halloween party. That's all I'll say. Maybe I should quit being so hard on the Boobash. Maybe it'll be better than I think when it's all said and done. We'll wait and see. Yeah, Obviously, none of us will be going to it, though. (laughs) Probably not. Probably not, no. (laughs) Not likely. The price tag is way more than the Halloween party was. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm unfortunately, despite the fact that I am in this mode where I'm a little ticked off with the Bob Chapek era of Disney, I still want to go back, but I might be on a little bit of a dry spell because, um, yeah. A I'm hiatus. Doing a of, yeah, doing a hiatus because we're going to be doing some home renovations for a while. So I might not have the uh, funds to support this Disney habit for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> or might, might should not spend them on this habit, right? Right. <laughs> yes. Might ne- need to be a little more fiscally responsible. Yeah. 
So an alert just went out to Bob Chapik himself saying that Vacation Jason is not, is thinking about not coming back. <laughs> so he's going to get an offer in the mail now. You're single-handedly going to raise the prices like at least 10%. <laughs> yep, that, that's tomorrow they're going to be <laughs> like, ah, oh, the panic. Price hike. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Buy your tickets today, folks, if you're going <laughs> anytime soon. <laughs> So we know Jungle Cruise, right, has may have been going through some updates. Have we seen uh, how they the SEA references, which mm-hmm. stood for Society of Explorers and Adventurers, how they were on the new yeah. prop boxes, and now they've been seen that they're uh, removed, which hmm. seems to be for no real good reason. I can't think of any reason why they would remove it unless it has to do with the new storyline, maybe? I mean, I say new storyline. I mean, they updated some of the uh, dialogue, I guess, in it because of the new scenes. Hmm. But any idea why they would take that off? It just doesn't seem to make much sense. Maybe people were confused by the what it stood for? I don't know, hmm. I don't know why. How many people really that. paid attention to that, though? Not many. Rehearsals begin this week at Monsters, Inc. Laugh For, so it should be coming back soon. Yeah. And I don't see anything else left to discuss, really, unless Hall I'm missing Presidents. something. Oh, yes, the Hall of Presidents. That's right. He's scheduled to reopen in August. Well, what day in August was it? Didn't say. It was a day Didn't yet. say specifically, did it? Okay. Yeah, the Disney Parks blog released that, but they, didn't, they just said in August. They didn't give an exact date. But they did give a picture of the Joe Biden animatronic. And I got to say, the most, the most recent ones just don't look great they haven't i don't know what it is i I can't say that they look very lifelike they they need to uh, outsource to skynet (laughs) i uh, guess liquid metal yeah they don't these these don't look great these look like t-1000s for sure t-1000s isn't that what what the original terminator was am i wrong he was a he was a t-100 t-100 whatever it is t-100 i guess it was this is a (laughs) t-50 i don't know yeah and and you know what august is actually probably become one of their slower months for a number of reasons school's back in session and it's you know like 120 degrees so that probably detracts a few people well i think school's back for some people but i think the northeast is still like labor day for a lot of their schools yeah okay all right and i guess some somewhat related disney news orlando international airport suddenly closes their covid19 vaccination site for some reason Probably zero demand. Uh, I'm guessing. Yes, yeah, could be, could be, could be, could be that they uh, and they just did it on short notice. So yeah. uh, I don't know. It's probably not a ton of people that are just you know uh, wanting to get that done at the airport. So yeah, the Delta variant is is spiking everywhere. They want well, to confuse people, <laughs> right? I don't think it's that, but just nobody wants to do it. That's why it's spiking everywhere. All right, so I can do a, another segue here. Get you know how? How that was the airport. And oh, speaking of flying, I flew fl- somewhere. Where did you flewed? My uh, my family and I. We actually we took a trip to Pennsylvania, specifically uh, Eastern Pennsylvania. That's what I'll say because we went and stayed in the Oxford Valley, Pennsylvania area, um, and went to Sesame Place. And we also, uh, the next day, decided to take a trip through uh, Lancaster and Amish country on the way to Hershey and spend some time at, at the World of Chocolate in Hershey. Cool. So, 
So in, in doing this, it was kind of, like I said, sort of last minute planning when it came to this. We were wanting to do something with the girls and Maddie in particular before she went back to school starting August the 9th sure. is when she goes back. We were kind of looking and like, we was like, well, maybe the beach. And like, we look at like all the beach prices in July. It's like, gosh, it's just as expensive as flying. We decided to go ahead and make the, do the Pennsylvania trip because we had wanted to go and try or do the Sesame Place. Sure. And um, you had been there before. How long ago was it that you had gone? Uh, I think it was 2016 or 17, somewhere in there. Okay. Somewhere in there. So it's been roughly five years. Yeah. Uh, right at it. Um, I don't know if a lot's changed since then, but I actually thought it was it was better than I expected. I guess I don't know how long it's been that SeaWorld has been the owner of the park. Yeah, uh, really. I just knew that they were, but I don't know how many years it's been that they've been the mm-hmm. the ones that run it. Because I I looked it up. Sesame Place itself's been around since like 1980. Yeah, it's <laughs> been around for a while. I was not aware that. They owned it back then, but I remember, you know, obviously since then I've learned that, but yeah. Yeah. I don't think uh, they've owned it the entire time. Uh, no, I, really I don't would find I that don't hard to believe. So, yeah. I think that, I th- and the, one of the reasons I think that is because I think they must have acquired it not too, or they don't really own Sesame Street stuff, but they have like, they have rights to do the parks, I guess, is the best way I know to, to put it. Mm-hmm. When they started doing the Sesame Street overlay in SeaWorld... I kind of figure it was probably somewhere a little before that yeah. that they probably really went in this venture. But and because if you buy stuff there, it actually says in the bag Sea World Entertainment when you buy stuff at Sesame Place. I was surprised at how small it was. Did you find it to be very small? Small park? Yeah. In a way, yeah, I guess so. I mean, it, it it's good in that way because it's easy to maneuver. Yeah, <laughs> and easy to get around. There's not much to it, so you can figure it out. Right. Well, I mean, I wouldn't even say there's not much to it. It was actually pretty fun, but I'll get into that in just a moment. Let me let me start by saying I flew for the first time non-Delta for myself. Oof, yeah. How was um, that? That actually, it was not bad. Believe it. Frontier? Mm-hmm. Didn't we tell you you were going to be delayed, though? You and did, yeah. <laughs> you did. It was it was delayed, which was... It's, okay since we didn't have anything to do that day other than travel how many other flights were delayed in that airport that day <laughs> there is one other one i don't remember what airline it was though spirit or, or, or excuse me that i don't know about Jet that Blue. day one other in our terminal at least anyway right okay they, they did take off as soon as possible right as soon as i get everybody on so i guess they're trying to make up time but frontier was really not that bad overall i'll tell you what to you know like check in kind of a long line for to get the baggage did you pay fees for checking bags? Did you check a bag? Or? You do pay fees for checking a bag, yes. Mm-hmm. I figured. And they didn't make us check the stroller, so that was good. We could actually take it into the terminal. Mm. Check it at the gate. Yeah, so they just basically took it at the gate, yeah. or took it uh, in the tunnel, really. Right. So that that part was pretty good. The flight itself, I mean, you don't have a ton of leg room. Overall, <laughs> it was still not, like what I would say, a bad experience, especially for the price. I got to say... I would probably, I wouldn't cross out flying with them again, to be honest with you. I mean, just because if I wanted a cheap flight, I would actually use them again. I mean, Mm, from the Philadelphia airport to our destination in Oxford Valley, which was the Sheridan, which is literally right across the street from Sesame Place. Mm -hmm. It was roughly 
30 miles, I think. It might have been a little less than that. Um, Philadelphia traffic, by the way, is kind of a slow go almost all the time, <laughs> it seems like, uh, in and around the city. Have you yeah. ever been to Philly? Have you ever drove or driven in Philly, either of you? Yeah, I have driven through Philly. I have. I have been in Philly, but I only briefly. It wasn't I've driven much through it. in Philly. Yeah, on my way to okay. Okay. Jersey. Like you had to go. You had to go straight through the city. I guess Jersey. I meant. Like, yeah. Okay. I well, saw the city from a distance. Think, think Atlanta-esque mm-hmm. traffic, but only three lanes. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> think okay. that. Yeah. Yikes. So it was really slow go. It was never stopped, really. Like, it didn't come to a dead stop at any point in time, so it was not for anything like that. I would say this, too. Everybody seemed to be, like the ones that I were around, really, really good about how they, you know, they're very courteous. And, and uh, you know, I didn't see people, like, flying and weaving in and out of lanes like you see in Atlanta a lot. <laughs> I didn't see that sort of stuff. So I was like, I was kind of impressed by that part. Mm-hmm. I just knew every time I got to that point, it was going to be pretty slow. So... Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the hotel at the Sheraton was actually, it was it was nice. It was clean. It was fairly spacious. I would say I would do that again. However, as far as proximity, since if I were going to go to Sesame Place, since the Spring Hill suites are literally like walking distance to the park, I would probably opt for that if I was going to go there. Mm-hmm. I did notice in that area of the country, though, it seems like everywhere we went, nobody seems to believe in air conditioning, even if it's 90 degrees outside, I guess because they're normally not used to it being 90 degrees outside in the other times of the year. But right. like every place we went into seemed like it was a much warmer than we're used to seeing in the South. Mm-hmm. It's almost um, like the climate's so. changing. <laughs> almost. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, as far as outside there, it was just as hot there as it is here. You know what I mean? It's July. Anyway, uh, that I I came to the realization too, by the way, the next morning when we went to Sesame Place, that I had never really been that far east. I think in the summertime, other because usually when I would be on a cruise, like say the Bahamas, that far east, it's usually in the fall, right? Whenever I'm there, so during the summer solstice, I had never really been in the that part of the country, and I'm like, so dawn is occurring a little after five a.m. and sunrise is occurring around 5 30 <laughs> like literally like full-on sunlight coming in through the the window on us around 5 30 and i was like huh i don't know why but i've just never been somewhere whenever this was a thing mm-hmm. i didn't experience this because you know we're a little further west where we live right mm-hmm. well in puerto rico yeah it came, it sun came out really early they're still on eastern time right right well yeah there you go you experienced that mm-hmm so we ate that night in the hotel. I wanted, I wanted to mention this because they didn't have a full-on restaurant going there yet, but they did have like some stuff you could order like in the bar area. And we, you know, got the uh, spinach dip from them there because we, you know, hey, that sounds good. So when they bring out the spinach dip, that's a decent-sized bowl of the spinach dip with like this pita bread stuff, right? But then there's like a whole like i don't know section of green peppers and red peppers and then there's like this whole bunch of carrots they put with it i was like if we had known this we wouldn't have ordered anything else we could have just eaten this it was so Mm -hmm. massive and it was only like 11 bucks it was really good and we lynn and i both had like grilled chicken sandwiches there that were really good that had avocados on them Mm -hmm. but when it was all said and done it was a decent price as well and we were like 
like this was enough we could have just like split all this and it would have been yeah um so the next day we went to sesame place before we left i did not have tickets i did that like the day before after we got in the hotel i was like you know what i'm gonna wait on this because i don't know what we're gonna do so i got tickets and everything i decided to opt after our experience at legoland (laughs) oh lord i guess so you could call myself a little gun shy so to speak yeah so I decided to opt to buy what they call Abby's Magical Q for us. Okay. Which was about 60 bucks per. So it's basically their version of Fast Pass, right? We get there. We get in the park. We wanted to do the Dine with Elmo, so we did the breakfast one. Right, yeah. Thinking that it's at 9.30, I get there a little early, like, thinking, well, they'll let us in before actually 9.30 for the breakfast. No, that's not how it works. They raise the gates at 9.30. They let pretty much anybody that wants to in and then you go to the Elmo breakfast yeah. right there when you walk in. They don't let you in early to get to breakfast. Nope. They let you in at 930. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you go to the breakfast and it's totally rushed. Mm-hmm. It's a buffet style. Have you done this? We did lunch there, yeah. They rushed us out. So it was, yeah, it was totally rushed for breakfast it seemed like. Because like yeah. like some people knew what they were doing. They knew it was buffet. They're like, we're going straight to that line right now. And get this food. We had no idea. We went and sat down for a minute. I was like, oh, we need to go over there and get our food. I got in line to do that. They start the characters coming out <laughs> at that point in time while I'm in line. By the time I get to the front of the line, they're actually out of some of the food. They were out of the waffles by the time I got <laughs> to the front of the line. Wow. It was not the best quality of food. It was okay. There was nothing special about it at all. But like I said, the whole experience kind of felt a little bit rushed because they... They start, they have breakfast at 9.30 and you're not actually eating at 9.30. You're just getting checked in and everything. And then they have a first, their first lunch time is at like 11.30. Mm-hmm. So it's less than two hours that they have to get whatever they're doing done. It just felt like a whole rushed thing. So apparently lunch is not any better. <laughs> no, not <laughs> my experience. Because I remember they, they, basically it's like a show. And when it's over, they're like, get out. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they start cleaning up while you like have food in your mouth. I remember we bought the photo and we were like the last people out because we were waiting for them to print our photo out. Everybody right. else had already left. So, yeah. Right. So, after that, of course, Vapor Trail's right there. So, we decided to do that first. I was going to take just Maddie over there trying to get her to go on a post- roller coaster the first time. She didn't really want to do it with me for whatever reason. So, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take Livy and see if they have a height measurement or anything over here on this one. So, I get up there and I look and I was like, oh, it just says, you know, anybody three to six years old just have to ride. With an adult, all it says. Well, Livy's actually three weeks from being three. So I was like, that counts. She was willing to go on it. And then after that, as long as Maddie was like, as long as mommy goes, I'm willing to go. So we all four ended up going on it. And uh, that was their first roller coaster experience. And they all loved it. As a matter of fact, I was riding with Olivia, the almost three-year-old. As soon as it came to the part where it breaks, she was like, I want to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> this is pretty much our first words. Right. I was like, yeah, I'm not surprised about that. You would go on any of the uh, thrilling rides right now if you could. She would She would definitely be the, she's the daredevil one. Yep. There's one in every so, family. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's a neat little coaster. I mean, of course, it's pretty much kind of a starter coaster in a way. It's uh, somewhat similar to a Barnstormer, but maybe a little longer, I think, than the Barnstormer. Yeah, I was going to say, what would you compare it to at Disney's sort of like a... I guess Barnstormer. That's the closest comparison I can think, but I would say it's better than Barnstormer. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely longer. Yeah. 
I mean, what I would say starter coaster is basically helix after helix after helix, right? Yeah. So that's pretty much what they do. And Barnstormer is similar to that and then it does yeah. like what? Like a, about three helixes though and goes back in the station. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much it. But they loved it. We ended up going back and doing that again later actually. But that was the first experience with the Magical Queue. What I thought was funny was like the Magical Queue, we go basically through the special access for all these rides, right? Which is really the exit of the ride. So we're like the only ones. Uh, most of these rides, we were like the only person that was in the queue at the time. And they always load us first because, you know, that's part of, I guess, that privilege you pay for. So we had our choice of where to sit in each ride. The, what I thought was kind of funny is that very first ride, right, when we when we got up there and they let us in before they let anybody else in and we got to choose to sit up front and there was this like group of kids that were with like a camp or something and i heard a couple of them saying he's like hey why are they he was telling i asked that guy like, why do they get to get on uh, like first or something like that why do they get to get on from that side and the workers words were he said because they have fast pass <laughs> he didn't use the correct term for them this guy must be more familiar with Disney. It all goes back <laughs> to Disney. His or fast pass. They do set the bar. Yeah, most everybody else called it the correct thing, but he said fast pass is exactly how he said it. It was the only time I heard it the whole day, though. So we go throughout the day. We're actually just knocking rides out because of the Abby's magical cue, which is kind of what I was hoping for. Which you have to get wristbands for that, by the way, so they know that it's what what you're there for. But they have a section that has a lot of spinning rides, pretty much. You're probably familiar with that. Stuff like, eh, what would it? What was it? Like, there was one, like, you go up in these hot air balloon-type baskets where it spins, and they have one that's similar to the teacups, and they have one that's similar to Dumbo that has all the Elmos, and they have the, they have a cookie one that's, like, one of those type of rides that just, it goes, uh, it goes around, but it goes up and down, kind of like what you see at a carnival a lot of times. A lot of spinner rides. We did that. It was coming down to around one o'clock or so, and we decided to go back to the room for a minute to change and do the water stuff in the later because they have a lot of water-related rides. Yeah, like half the park is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we came back and did that. They love doing the. I forgot what it's called, but it's the one that has the giant rubber ducky at the top. I guess I'm assuming you've done that. The family raft type ride. We didn't do a lot of the water rides because my son was too small or didn't want to do them. So we did a few, but not a lot. I was going to say they didn't have like a height limit on most of these, which was kind of surprising to me, other than having someone with them or having a life fest one. But really enjoyed that. And then there was another raft type ride not long after that that was a slide. It was, I got to say, the part that I enjoyed the most was the water part. I guess maybe because it was hot and then that was probably refreshing and kind of rejuvenates you you know whenever you get in the water they have basically the equivalent of a lazy river that they had a lot of fun in and i I took the gopro in this so i'm going to try to put some of that footage together so we can share it hopefully there's a couple of the water rides that maddie could have done that livy wouldn't have been able to so we didn't do those we didn't get to do the like the giant splash pad this thing to the count because it uh when we were about to go in it they said they were having some sort of maintenance issue and they got everybody out and they basically like all the lifeguards like stood there to make sure nobody got in. I guess is how they how they did it. Hmm. Someone peed in the pool or pooped? <sighs> no, I, right. Yeah, I guess they start thinking of the Caddyshack scene. <laughs> right. <sighs> Let's see. Anyway. 
so when that happened, we kind of just went back in the direction of the other water rides. Did you happen to see when you went there this train ride that is like either self-propelled by the kid or the parents have to push it? <laughs> One of the two. Did you ever see that ride? Don't recall Yeah, a train that I had to push. I don't remember that. Yeah, I was like, I was thinking, oh, this is a ride for the young for the young ones. You would get over there, and it's like one of those type things where if you're strong enough, I guess, like your kid's strong enough inside the actual ride, you can pump it up and down kind of like you would those carts you used to see back in the day on the railroad. Did you get you see yeah, one yeah. person doing one side and the other? Similar to that, right, that it would go around. But, you know, if they're not, obviously, for them to go around on it, you pretty much have to push them. <laughs> so yeah. I was like... It kind of reminded me of like Peppa Pig whenever they have those attractions, whenever the parents were supposed to like do all these exercise things to make the kids stuff, to make the kids rides go. That's what I thought of whenever they did that. Uh, so we only did that a couple of times and then got out of there. We decided to eat in the park at, it was like the Cookie Monster themed restaurant. Did you eat anywhere else in the park whenever you went there that time? I think we may have picked up some snacks or something somewhere, but I don't remember sitting down to eat anywhere else that day, no. Yeah. So that was not the best experience in the world. <laughs> I can imagine. It took a little while to get to the where we could get, actually get our food, and by the time we did, there was some, some of the stuff was limited as far as what we could get. It was basically chicken tenders for the kids, and I got a, I was able to get an Impossible Burger there. And then I can't remember what Lynn got, but when it came down to drinks, we decided to just get the cups for the drinks and the self-service type Coke machines, you know, where they have the multiple things. It pretty much had no ice in any of them. Uh, It was not the best experience in the world um, when all was said and done as far as that goes. But it was something to eat. It was, we got it down. Park was pretty much closing by the time we were done with that. So we we did manage to get a couple of uh, nice like pictures over close to where like the Hooper store and the stuff that looks like Sesame street itself was right there with nobody around. So that was kind of neat as the park was closing and then we got out. So because it was their first coaster experience, we didn't do the Oscar coaster because Maddie wouldn't, she was the only one tall enough and she didn't want to do it with me. So hmm. the Oscars wacky taxi is what it's called. It's kind of like a, it's, it's, it's meant to be like a wooden coaster, but it's actually still made of a lot of it's made of steel. But we didn't get to do that one. So overall, though, it was fun. I it was like I said, I had a lot more fun there than I originally thought that I might. It was actually a, a nice experience. I, I I gotta say, it was not. I can't really give too many negatives on it other than that food experience. Really, yeah. were they doing anything COVID restriction wise? Did they do the parade or the characters? Did they let you hug them or stuff like that? Yeah, the characters seemed to be pretty much wide open as what you could do. Really, you know. Yeah, you could, they took pictures with them, like touching. Huh. There was wow. not a there was not a mask like enforcement of any kind. Like uh, most people were not wearing them. Hmm. Yeah, of course, all their stuff is outdoors too. Yeah, so maybe yeah, that had something to do with it. And like half the park is water as well, like you said. So did they have the parade at all? Or they had it. It was at the end of the night. Okay, so they still do. Okay, they closed at eight, and it was at seven. Okay. The parade was. Interesting. So business as usual, it seems like. It seemed like, yes. Now, crowd-wise, I mean, there was a good min- good many people there. I don't think it was as busy as it could have been, especially at opening, because I've seen some openings on YouTube in the past that were way lined up, 
like way back toward the, where the, the very front. I don't know what it was like the time that you went, but I think we picked a pretty good day to go since we went during the week and not a weekend. So when this was all said and done, the, the next day, what we had decided to do was we were going to head to Hershey, but we decided to take a little bit off the beaten path and go through Lancaster and actually decided to do a Amish buggy ride through Amish country. That's a lot of beautiful country right through there. Mm-hmm. The guy that was our driver, I guess we would say, he, what he said was he's not currently, I should say, Amish. He said that his family actually left when he was 15 years old. Mm-hmm. And I kind of knew he wasn't because he didn't have the beard, for instance. <laughs> so I kind of knew he couldn't have been truly. But, he, of course, he knew a lot about it because of growing up in it to a degree. Sure. Basically, his his father was pretty much excommunicated uh, for driving a car, I believe he said. Wow. So, yeah. And they just never went back to it either because he was a little more, uh, the way you put it, a little more uh, liberal for them as far as that sort of thing goes. Because he, he said his wife actually is a Mennonite. But he never went back to it either, though, because he, like he said, he drives a vehicle, he does certain things. And he pretty much just worked for this buggy riding tour company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but What made you decide to do that? Did you just stumble on it or did you go like, oh, this is something I want to do? Like, I'm just curious, like how, how you came about it. Well, we knew Lancaster was between us and Hershey, mm-hmm. which is where we were talking about doing Hershey. So you just stopped along and the way. Yeah, we knew Lancaster was Amish country, mm-hmm. pretty much. There's not, that's one of the things is like, it's kind of a misconception. Some people look at that and they think, well, the whole community is Amish. There's not, there's just a lot of Amish, Amish people settling in this area. It's not exclusive, right? Yeah. Right. It's not exclusive. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a few, there's probably a lot of misconceptions, uh, truthfully, regarding the Amish community, but. That was an interesting tour. It took about 45 minutes or so. So after that, we decided to go upon his recommendation to a Amish cooking restaurant mm. by the name of Katie's Place, I think it was. Katie's Kitchen. Katie's Kitchen, that's what it was. Okay. That was really good because, you mean, you know, uh, they make pretty much all their own stuff, right? So, um very good experience there. I would recommend it if you're ever in that area for Katie's Kitchen. Cool. But from there, you know, after we got the, after we ate, we decided to continue on to go to uh, the Hershey area. And we actually took the, um, we went to Chocolate World, not the, not the theme park because that would have been a waste of time for one thing. Yeah. I do want to go back to just Hershey though and kind of stay a little longer there because that was, that look, that would have been fun to do the theme park and maybe, uh, you know, do the stay a little more chocolate world time but it was interesting to actually hear about the history behind mr hershey and uh, how basically the whole town is pretty much he developed it it's like his town pretty much the tour is like a trolley tour that they take you through the town itself and they talk about how the they have the original smokestacks from the hershey factory the original factory is still there even though they've pretty much made that into like a corporate office and they moved the factory in a diff- to a different location Things like that. And uh, Chocolate World in itself was pretty cool that they have what they call the chocolate tour in there. But I didn't know exactly what it was. So we go in there and we're kind of walking. I'm thinking it's going to be some sort of walking tour, but we're really queuing because the actual, it's a a ride. It's actually a dark ride. (laughs) Hmm. And the thing is, there's no charge for this dark ride. Like all you have to do is go into Chocolate World and that one's, this one's totally free. Wow. Okay. And you get chocolate at the end of the tour as well. You get like the mini, the minis. So the dark ride costs you nothing if in case you're interested, if you want to go to Chocolate World. 
and it kind of goes through what the pro- how the process you know that they do right. It's like a dark ride about the process of how they make the chocolate. So it's interesting because kind of, I was thinking that it's kind of Willy Wonka ish. Do they have animatronics <laughs> and stuff? Or it actually does. They have animatronics that were like made out to be a Hershey's Kiss, or they actually have some cows at the beginning of it because obviously they you know they kind of go through the whole process. They were animatronic uh, things like that farm farm animals. But yeah, they had like a, a Reese's character and they had a, a kiss character and like the regular Hershey bar type character. Everything in the store, by the way, is very reasonably priced. They kind of said on the tour about how the kind of stuff that Mr. Hershey had believed in and stuff like that. And I think it, as far as the prices go, that's part of it, right? So everything in the store was pretty reasonably, reasonably priced. That was where I was whenever I sent you guys that picture of my uh, yeah. Trog's IPA. The way Livy was acting at that point and the kids and everything, I had to have some medication. So um, that was pretty much my medication. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Understood. But it was quite good. I think I would like to spend a little more time there and actually do the theme park itself. One thing I did find out on the tour that they do there is that there are 15 roller coasters in Hershey Park. Yeah, I knew they had a lot. Um, yeah. They had yeah. A lot. Oh, you can see it. It looks like Coaster World from, from the tour and from outside of it. I'll share a couple of pics with you probably in the next couple of days when I get them together. Yeah. But yeah, it was something else. You know, it was kind of neat going through the city of Philly and seeing stuff like Bank One Ballpark and Lincoln Financial Field and stuff like that. I could see them clear as day. They're pretty close together. Wells Fargo Arena, things Uh like that on the way back to the airport. The Ben Franklin Bridge, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. On the flight back home, we flew American. And American, I had more leg room with that one. A little bit better waiting area as far as the terminal goes as well. And American was obviously a tad bit more expensive, but still, I mean, you know, they're fairly reasonably priced for what we did. But you got more out of it. You could tell the difference between American and Frontier as far as like leg room. And they had, they actually had, you know, the complimentary food on there, the snacks, but just like crackers basically. And then, of course, you can get coke and water and you know all those type of drinks coffee to t- complimentary and um yeah came back to atl used the park and fly it was always as convenient as usual mm-hmm. i would like to go back at some point probably to hershey would be the next one so i don't know how i would do that flight or what's the closest one to hershey i think that would be fun maybe when the girls are a little older and can do some of those things you know, anytime you're a Disney fan and you go to the Disney park, whenever you go to someone else's theme park, you're a little skeptical about how good it can be, you know, <laughs> especially something like right. Sesame Place. Sure. So Sesame Place was, it, it exceeded my expectations even based on what I saw because I was expecting it to be more along the, it, don't get me wrong, some of the rides are a little carnivalish, but I was expecting it to be more carnivalish than it actually was. <laughs> I guess is the best way I know to explain it. There's some it. decent theming so, there, yeah, from what I remember. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's Sesame, it's old. I mean, it's been there a while, and it was not always run by SeaWorld, so I know it's sure, not. Sure. <laughs> I feel like uh, SeaWorld probably factored into the addition of the coasters, for sure, because they like, they like doing coasters in their parks, obviously. It was kind of fun to me, like driving in new places like that. I felt like the roads were really, like, it's been a long time since anybody did anything to the roads in the Philly area. You probably experienced that when you were there, too, though. They seemed like they were kind of old. It's almost like we need infrastructure across the whole country to be updated. I know, it's like I'm saying, people would talk about taxes, I'm like, what are they spending it on? (laughs) It's like, it's not not on the roads. 
Maybe we should invest in our infrastructure. I don't know. Might be a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I think that pretty much wraps that up. I tried to go through it as quickly as I could. So you didn't get the chocolate factory at the end? Wait. Oh. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I didn't get the chocolate factory at Did the end. Did they have yeah, fizzy lifting drinks? No, that would be cool, though. I got to tell you, Hershey was like, it was better than I expected, I guess. I didn't know, what my, I don't even know what my expectations were, but the whole town and everything was just very nice, very nice to visit. So that's why I say I would like to go back and yeah. do that a little more extensive. We've talked about going there many times, but I think we were, like you said, we're, we're waiting for our kids to be a little bit older to be able to fully yeah. utilize, you know, fully yeah, realize right. it. Yeah. Not only is it 15 roller coasters, the majority of those 15 roller coasters are pretty intense ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I've can seen. tell from the looks of them. Yeah, I've seen enough so, to know that, yeah. yeah. I would love that park, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But <laughs> My wife grew up going there occasionally. Oh, so really? Okay. I, uh, she's been there, but I we've talked about it, but we just haven't done it. I got you. We're waiting. Okay. All right, so we can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That is all at TWTM Podcast. We have a Spreadshirt store in which you can buy our exclusive merchandise. That is shop.spreadshirt.com slash TWTM podcast. And we have our website, which has links to all that thing and more, as well as some blog posts that I'm trying to put out. And our email address is podcast at travelingwiththemouse.com. So check us out there. All right. So for Jason, Adam, my name is John. This has been Traveling with the Mouse, and we hope you will join us on our next trip. I was just sitting here thinking it should be renamed FCOT, the Experimental Festival Community of Tomorrow. <laughs> FCOT. Yes. Well, sure. <laughs> Might have some other confusion <laughs> around that, but... Holy Moses. <laughs> <laughs>